0: That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you.
1: HRN is offering complimentary business memberships to 50 Black, Indigenous, people of color-owned food businesses this summer. The deadline to apply is July 31st. Each business membership, a $500 value, is an advertising opportunity. That will allow businesses disproportionately impacted by COVID-19 to connect with HRN's listening community and promote their work. To apply and review the terms and conditions, go to heritageradionetwork.org B-I-Z. So you don't shun the devil with your rock
2: and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The devil runs. I need to freshen my drink. So how about we toss this podcast over to Lou Bank and Chava Pederban for another episode of Agave Road Trip. In this 12-minute segment, they talk about how to identify a ripe agave, artisanal textiles, and am I reading this right? Toilet paper? Well, enjoy. Hey, Road Trippers, it's time for another episode of Agave Road Trip, brought to you by La Luna Mescal de Michoacan. Strap yourselves in, grab a copita of La Luna, and let's hit the road.
1: This is Lou Bang. This is Chava Perivan.
3: And
2: this is Agave Roadtrip, the podcast where we explain to gringo bartenders as much as we know about agaves. And other people as well. There's other people that are interested in this that are I not don't care bartenders. about them. I only want to talk to gringo bartenders. It's fine then. Okay. So today, this being the first like meaty episode, I think we should talk about agave. The origin of it all. Yeah. Where it so, all starts. Yeah, so... What and if you hear some funny sounds in the background, that's that's my dog wandering around, so don't, don't get nervous. So, uh, what exactly is an agave, Java?
1: Well, it's uh, it's succulent, mm-hmm. technically, it's this plant that has evolved to live in extremely harsh environments, so has deserts, been, yes, arid, arid environments, arid primarily. environments, yes, and it has evolved to not lose water during the day, so it doesn't breathe during the day you're looking at me like
2: you're about to laugh like i'm gonna make
1: a urine joke aren't you Uh,
2: yes please i'm not gonna make any urine jokes thank you very much
1: yeah anyway so these plants also take a long time to grow they take a long time to reach all their life what's a long time well it depends there's uh nobody really knows for sure how many varieties of agaves are okay but at
2: least 200
1: Uh, at least 200 yes and Anywhere between, I'll say, six, seven years to. Oh, I've heard three and four years for like blue Weber. Yeah, Yeah, like farmed blue Weber and tequila. I've heard three to four years. Oh Lord! Well, maybe like in a very intense, very well controlled environment, that 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 could happen. I I have again, like this is one of the areas where there's an infinite amount of questions. People have been yeah. studying this forever, and, and not all the answers are out there.
2: And sometimes they'll tell you 50 years. And whenever I hear 50 <laughs> years, I'm like, okay, so who in your family saw that little seedling coming out of the ground and marked that date? Like, I just, I don't buy it.
1: Well, it's because they put a little <laughs> heart
2: when the mother and the
1: father met, and that's how and they recall And then they the grandmother that. and the yeah. grandfather. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. You just funny. don't understand Mexican romanticism, that's I your really problem.
2: Don't. I really don't.
1: So, ok, so the agave,
2: then um, uh, it reaches maturity. What does that mean it reaches
1: maturity it, after f- three years to forty years? it It means that it has has it has enough sugars to throw uh, we call it quiote. how just a small tree, small stack from uh-huh. its middle that it's going to make flowers. and Those flowers are going to create seeds and the guy's going to have the chance to reproduce.
2: So uh, basically what you're saying is when you reach maturity, the whole point to like reaching maturity means that you are reproducing. Yes. You are having sex for the first time.
1: Yeah, but you know, when you're trying to make mezcal, you don't care about that. You don't want that guy to reproduce really. Well, you 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 want some of them because you want, uh, yeah. You you want want to have more agaves for the future, but what you really want is that beautiful sugar. The beautiful in, sugar. Inside the agave. And you want it when it's, when you have the most, uh, like w- when it's the most that it can possibly be in there.
2: Got it. So why don't we ask our friend Carlos Mendez Blas to explain to us the point at which he, like, he recognizes that that agave is ready to be harvested. Let's go to Oaxaca
1: and ask him. Okay. Well, it, it's
3: it's by uh, looking the agaves. So we harvest fully mature agaves. Either uh, uh, if there are, they are capones. So like after the kiote grows and we chop the kiote and we leave it there for a year, or before the kiote when when it's uh, we call it pavilo, when like the middle part where the uh, where the kiote is gonna form, it's uh, like very close. But before the kiote starts growing, otherwise it's gonna be soft. So we don't want we don't like to use it when the cut is coming, coming out already. So it depends. Uh, it, it could be six years, uh, 10 years, 12 years, but uh, it depends on, on the agave, how long it's going to take to get mature. Because uh, uh, we've seen people using uh, some, some agaves that are not fully mature, so we can call it um, we can say it's está cogoyudo which means it has lots of, uh, the, the middle part is too, too big. So uh, the best part, the best one that we can use is, is the, the capon because it has the more, the more sugar content.
2: Okay. So thank you very much for that, Carlos. This is Lubang back again. And uh, and what we just heard was a quote from our friend Carlos Mendez Blas talking about when an agave is ready to be harvested. We talked to Carlos, who, uh, who distills mezcal for both Cruz de Fuego and... Kikiriki, kikiriki, which is the, <laughs> the, the typical cog, yeah
1: the rooster yeah. chant in the morning. <laughs>
2: so we we met up with Carlos uh, back in November of 2019 and had that conversation with him, um, and uh, and so now we're here talking about it, and that's when you harvest.
1: Yes, and it's an art form really because you knowing know knowing when to harvest. Yeah, and and he was he was extremely good at succinctly putting it. But the one thing is to know, and the other thing is to be able to see that in a complete actor. So not like it's it's definitely you, you want you want someone that has been doing this for years and years, otherwise you're gonna be chopping down a lot of ripened agave that just don't have nice nice quality sugars and don't taste very well. And that's that's what it means to harvest, right? You're cutting off the pankas, the leaves.
2: Yes, and then it's it's not like a root ball; it's literally above ground. That you're chopping off that giant pina, that big, that big, massive plant above ground.
1: Yes, it looks like a massive pineapple, and that's where all the good stuff is. And that's why they call it pina. Yes.
2: Okay, so that's going to cover us for uh, for agave and agave harvesting. And then in the next episode, we'll talk about what you do with that harvest agave. But in the meantime, let's go to our uh, a segment that we're going to call. Mexico like a pro, pro
1: tips for traveling in Mexico. Probably the most relevant part of our show. If you, people if, if people want do what we want them to do, that is go to the source, I think this is the, the most useful part of our show, I will say.
2: Yes, yes, fair enough. And so I think it's useful for everybody to know, and it took me years to figure this out, but it's useful for everybody to know that um, in Mexico, you do not put your toilet paper in the toilet. They should rename toilet paper in Mexico. You do not throw it inside the toilet. Yes, you use it to wipe your butt, and then you put it in a little basket next to the garbage
1: can next to the toilet. Usually overflown, Usually, yes, it's not—it's not a happy view.
2: And every time I leave my hotel room, I leave it knowing there's a little piece of of the best of you. Of me. you, yes, <laughs> the best <laughs> of me, sitting in that garbage can, smelling up the room, and for for years, uh, it made me feel disgusting, and that then haunted you.
1: Huh? Hunt, it it did. It, it's
2: like a, a little ghost turd floating in the air behind me throughout Oaxaca. And then uh, it dawned on me that there was a
1: solution to this, and that solution is ass wipes, Chava. That, that sounds like a proper epiphany. Yeah. And uh, how did you come to this?
2: Uh, I honestly can't say I remember how, but uh, you know, so an ass wipe, basically like a baby wipe, but
1: for an adult- right? Is it bigger? It It is
2: bigger. In fact, uh, there's one brand that they boast of having the seven inch by seven inch, the 49 square inch ass wipe. Um, so so what you do with this, The, the re- you know what to do with it. The reason that I love it is instead of knowing that there's a piece of paper sitting back in my bathroom smelling like me, suddenly I feel like, oh, my ass is very pretty now because I've just wiped it with something that, uh, that seeps out uh, aloe and vitamin E. And the thing that is now in my bathroom doesn't smell just like my poop. It also smells a little bit like aloe and vitamin E.
1: You're a poet, Lou. Thank you. You are such a poet.
2: And when you find yourself in rural Mexico, like it's good to have it just for, for your hotel room, but when you find yourself in rural Mexico between Palenque, sometimes you've got to make a stop in the desert and it's really good to have these handy, not only for wiping the butt, but cleaning the hands
1: after. And it's true because you'll be eating a lot of foreign food that might react to your stomach in mysterious ways. There you go. So yeah. you can't always control yourself. So pro tip, bring ass wipes. Okay, so that was my favorite thing to talk
2: about. And what's your favorite thing to talk about, Java? Well, lately, I've been obsessed with textiles, as you know. Okay, so let's talk about our other singular objective. This is going to be the section where we talk about other things that we like that aren't agave. Talk about textiles. What do you love about textiles?
1: Well, there's various things that I love about textiles. And I think there I find a lot of overlap between agave spirits and textiles. The traditions, the culture, the materials, the obsessiveness with detail, the painstaking... Obsession of making something beautiful just because it's beautiful. And it's not efficient. All that <laughs> stuff is also in the textile world. Like mm-hmm. I, I the probably the most beautiful piece that I own. It's probably took six to seven months to make. Mm-hmm. So it's one person's job. One person working for six to seven months to make a piece that every time I wear it, I, I feel like a, like a million dollars. And did I, you pay a million dollars for it? I paid a lot more than I could afford, <laughs> but. uh <laughs> Yeah, but, it, but, I, but I, I, that's a big complaint that I have with you, Lou. You dress like bad. That's okay. I
2: can dress like bad because I'm, I'm already married.
1: Yeah, and that poor woman has been complaining since the day you married her because She's you started got looking a lot like... she more complaints about me than the clothes that I wear. Kony, I'll change this and you'll be thankful <laughs> forever about it. So give me, give me a story about somebody who makes textiles. Well, I guess one of my favorite examples is Remigio Mestas. He is probably the reason why we have access to heritage Chexels in Oaxaca. Unlike Mezcal that was able to survive a lot of changes and a lot of transitions, Chexels struggle a lot because they're very expensive. They take a a Mm -hmm. long time to make. So the labor of Remigio Mestas, you can find his little store by Danzantes when you go to Oaxaca City, was to go- By Los Danzantes. Exactly. And uh, he went to visit a lot of this community, a a lot of these people, sometimes just with Books and said, You used to make this. Can you wow. replicate it? And they're like, No, we don't have the materials. It's like, What materials do you need? We need cotton. We need uh, the materials for natural dyes. And he started planting the cotton, making the natural dyes, bringing all that back again. And it's been a labor that has cost him 30 years, but now he works with 500 families doing that. That honestly, Chava, that's an epiphany to me. You haven't expressed it to me that way before. He literally brought the cultural heritage back to these communities. And you've seen that in Mezcal sometimes. Oh, where like, yeah. Or like well, like similar, but... Yeah,
2: I mean, a lot of times the, what I'm seeing is that the cultural heritage never disappeared. But I you know, I honestly have to say there's a real beauty to that. I don't know that it would make me want to dress any better, but, um, but I appreciate it more. I suggest you check that beautiful piece of textile you have hanging on your wall. My wife's piece of textile and I wear that for a couple of days and see how it makes me feel. And it makes you feel pretty. Okay, well, <laughs> well, there you go. I'll give that a try. And if it does make me feel pretty, I'll post a picture to our website. Yes. <laughs> okay, so I think we're going to call this episode a wrap. We're going to be back next episode, which for us is just going to be a couple minutes from now, to talk about uh, the roasting of agave, about the water projects that Lalo makes in Santa Catarina Minas, and then some third thing that we'll figure out in the next few seconds. Yes. Sounds good. See you, see you in a second, Chapa.
1: See ya. This has been Agave Road Trip, the podcast that helps gringo bartenders learn about agave spirits. Your hosts are Lou Bank and Chava Periban. Sound engineering by Roy Sierra. Theme song performed by Gabriel Oliveira and Mark Rico. Become a road tripper and listen to more episodes at agaveroadtrip.net. Distributed by Heritage Radio Network, the best network in the world for podcasts about food, drink, and agriculture.
2: Hey Chava, are you feeling wild today or are you feeling a little
1: more domesticated? Wild for a minute, but um, unfortunately I'm locked in my house so I'm actually feeling domesticated. The beauty is La Luna Mescal de Michoacan has whatever you need to fit your feelings. So, you've
2: had their Cupriata, right? I have, yes, with a lot of pleasure. Yeah, it's great, and it's made in a very heritage way. Um, but then, have you had their Chino, my friend? I haven't. Sure. So they're basically the same spirit. The difference is the Cupriata is made from farmed Cupriatas. The Chino is made from wild Cupriatas. Same process. Both of them made in a heritage way comes to this beautiful mezcal wild. Or domesticated.
1: So, if you want to go wild even when locked indoors, go check lalunamezcal.com, prepare your nicest jicaritas, and enjoy. Thank you for supporting Agave Road Trip. See you next time.
2: Many thanks to Lou Bank and Chava Periban for bringing us this special presentation of Agave Road Trip on the Speakeasy. You can listen to all of Season 1 right now. Agave Road Trip is available on heritageradionetwork.org or wherever you get your podcasts. The Speakeasy is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to learn more about our 10 year anniversary celebration happening all year long, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com forward slash Heritage Radio Network.
0: Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place.